Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey through the Stargate, through SG-1, Atlantis and Stargate Universe. Destiny. The design is clearly ancient, launched hundreds of thousands of years ago. We were on a ship, but we have no idea where we are in relation to Earth. These are the wrong people in the wrong place. Shoot him. Why'd you do that? He told me to. I have a gun. What happened? Greer. Greer shot him. Each week, Alan and Mike will be following the adventures of the crew of the Destiny, along with one or two guest hosts. Join us for everything that is Stargate Universe. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gatecast episode 326. And uh, here, oh, look, sorry, hang on. This is season one, episode 15. 16. This is season one, episode 16, Sabotage. Well, let's pronounce it a bit better. Sabotage. Get some gravitas in there. <laughs> Sabotage. How's that? That'll do. And as you heard, you might have gathered either Mike's voice has changed seriously, or we've got a guest. Hello, everybody. Welcome back in. Thank you very much. Hello. You have a good holiday? It was fantastic. It was absolutely brilliant. Much needed. They always are. Spent about six days in the hills in Italy, uh, near Tuscany. It was very nice, very relaxing. Why? Uh, ancient village. Just some old village. It was amazing. The, um, the, Did they the, have Wi-Fi? There was a school <laughs> that was also the pub that had Wi-Fi. Ah! I know. It was amazing. Yeah, there were a few evenings spent down there at nine o'clock at night when it, when it opened as a pub. I was at the 2016 International, as it's called now, Discworld Convention. Big turnout. Oh, they capped the membership at 850, I think. The Irish Con's more compact than Bijou. We capped it at 300. And I got myself a shiny new anchor, as if the 16K MAH one I had wasn't enough. Did I hear anchor? Yes. A-N-K-E-R. Ah. The battery of choice for English. Okay. Not A-N-C-H-O-R. It does weigh 450 grams, so to a lesser extent, yes. That's a pound for those of you that are Operation Albany. The Babylon Project was our last best hope for Scott. A self-contained podcast, one hour long, located on the internet. A place of fun and discussion for Babylon 5 fans everywhere. A shining beacon in cyberspace, all alone in the night. It was the dawn of the 20th anniversary of Babylon 5, the year the great war to free Bab 5 came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Babylon podcasts. The year is 2014. The name of the place is the Babylon Project Podcast. Hi, this is Raul from the Babylon Project Podcast. Jim and I would like to invite you to join us as we celebrate the 20th anniversary of one of the most important sci-fi series of all time, Babylon 5. We'll be making our way through all five seasons with commentary and thoughts and a little bit of fun. Find us at babylonprojectpodcast.wordpress.com or you can find us on iTunes. Look forward to hearing from you. And remember, no boom today, boom tomorrow. There's always a boom tomorrow. Right then, before we start, this is a Region 2 DVD rip of Sabotage. The runtime is... 41 minutes, 49 seconds. As you can probably tell, we're going to get a quick move on with this episode because we're planning on recording two tonight. Uh-huh. Hopefully with a small gap in between to refresh ourselves. 
Right, as an occasional guest, Ian, you get to pick a language and see if it's one I know. Do you know how to count to three or from three in gold? I was not aware there was. Of course not. Three, three, three. <laughs> that needs to happen, yes. <laughs> Once Alan does his three to one countdown, if you want to watch along with us, we are all paused at the black screen and count set to zero. When Alan says clicky, press play, and you can watch along with us if you so desire. For reasons entirely known only to me, this won't be a traditional countdown. <laughs> Stephen, Bernard, Rob, clicky. This is what destiny intended from the moment it entered the star system. Right then, Rush is doing his little recap, so I'll do the episode information. Sabotage, Season 1, Episode 16 of Stargate Universe, Gatecast Episode 326. This episode was written by Barbara Marshall and directed by Peter DeLuise. At its premiere in America, May the 7th, and Canada, also May the 7th. We got it in the UK, May the 18th, Germany, May the 19th, Belgium and Holland, May the 28th, and Sweden, October the 22nd. Shows with episodes of the same name, Revenge, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Numbers, Danger Man, Cold Case, The Clone Wars, Axeman, Deadliest Catch, and one for us oldies, Fireball XL5. Ah, God be with you, girl. All of you. Right then, back into the episode. Yeah. That's a pretty picture. Yes. You know, it's a very flimsy-looking shield. It seems quite ephemeral. I prefer to think of it as dynamic. I imagine that's kind of the particles being shredded as they just flow over. Young is deep in thought. Decided to grow a beard? Well, up to a point you think, why bother? You know, why am I doing this? I've shaved in four years. Something in my head told me that in this episode, he refuses to shave until he gets them back. And then I started thinking, that's not right. What's that from? Yeah. We're all here, sir. I'm on my way. It's from a film or something, I'm sure. He keeps growing his beard as a reminder to tell him that people are left behind. Is it Tom Hanks? I'm cast away. <laughs> yeah, there may be a correlation there somewhere. Ah, a galaxy hopping. Boingy, boingy, boingy. Sometimes I think they do the soft focus zoom in thing just because they can. There isn't really a cinematographic reason for it. It makes it all look very handheld and like people there are doing all the filming, doesn't it? Well, once you choose to do this style, you you remove most of the the blocking. The commentary for this episode, uh, Louis Ferreira, moves on screen at the moment, Elise and Julia Benson, was done January the 31st, 2010. It also means that any hope of rescuing... Chloe Armstrong, Eli Wallace, or Lieutenant Matthew Scott is... Young kind of leaves it hanging there. Can't even quite bring himself to say the words. Awkward moment, to say the least. Colonel Young, can you please join me in the control interface room? I'll be right there. That is all. I do like the way the camera pulls back. The entire crew of the Destiny just speechless. Lost, even. Doesn't she look like she's wearing... Cam pants and making them look like pyjamas. Who? I didn't notice. TJ. Well, she can be forgiven. It's not as if she can buy maternity clothes. I figured out why the ship's been trying to conserve power. We're going to fall short. Sure, what? Our destination, the other galaxy. Always bringing bad news, Rush. Rush is a fragment, is. Destiny won't make it across the void. There we go. <laughs> well, that were a weird point. <laughs> Remember human, he's trying to be a little optimistic. Just a little. Rush is not someone to sugarcoat something. If anything, Rush will coffee goat it. 
Well, this approach shot surely beats Cheyenne Mountain. But we just passed through a star. We should be recharged. And this is a good point. You can recharge all the batteries and the storage cells on the Destiny, but the simple fact is that Entropy's, you know, had its go at them. They just cannot hold that charge anymore, so they're limited to uh, the size of the gap between galaxies. Not only that, but no matter how much you pack for the trip, it doesn't mean you're going to have enough. Mm-hmm. And there's no cruising in FTL. Once the power goes, you sublight. Granted, you can go at your entry speed for eons, but <laughs> you ain't going to get very far. What do we do? Well, I'm open to suggestions. How much will we fall short? I thought he was in a catatonic state. Not him. No, that's Franklin. Granted, there's a lot of people that walk around in white shirts, but they were scientists. Good to see a bit more from Volker, though. Patrick Gilmore. Five percent ought to do it, actually. We don't know how the engines work at all. We could just make things worse. Mr. Brody's right. So am I the only one here who thinks we shouldn't be screwing around with ancient drive technology unless we have a clue about what we're doing? Then we'll bring aboard someone else that does. I can think of two or three people off the top of my head. Who's the best? Amanda Perry. Does he fancy Amanda? Maybe, maybe not. Do the stones automatically determine the gender of who they hop into? I mean, what if a male... No. Have we had any cross-gender stone thing yet? Uh, I don't think so. For all her abilities, there are certain disabilities of which you should be made aware. Yeah. yeah, so suddenly we, we see a lot of female extras. Where did these all come from? They all look quite nervous about the prospect of transferring into a body with a respirator. Cops in the background going, I've had it, I've had it, I've had it. <laughs> Obviously, there's going to be some kind of adjustment. Will I be able to see my family? They've got clearance. Then I'll do it, sir. And I don't even want to imagine how this would feel. Uh, I know, it's going to be terrifying. I was going to say an out-of-body experience, but it already is. Lieutenant James is showing a friendly face, but the panic is in her eyes. You can see it plain as day. Lieutenant, you all right? Nothing. Nick. Yes, Amanda Perry is played by Kathleen Munro. She's been in Resurrection, NCISLA. She starred in Alphas, Canadian actress. God, I'm really here, aren't I? You sure are. Takes a moment to get used to the transfer. <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. I couldn't do it. Lieutenant, just leave it. Leave it. Oh. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of shocks you out of it, that does. I wonder if that is a little compassion from Rush. So Lieutenant James had trouble getting used to the ventilator. I'll be fine. I mean, you can't take it away from Camille. When she knows what she wants, she will go for it. Fix the ship. This is not going to be pleasant, but to spend time with her loved ones, worth it. Ms. Ray? Major Peterson is Michael Carl Richards, another Canadian actor, recently been in The Flash. Take all the time you need to adjust. This is Mary. She'll be your helper while you're here. Hello. She'll also brief you on how to cope with your host disabilities. Afterwards, Dr. Strong was hoping to see you. No. I'm going home. Mary is Catherine Lau Hayquist. She's been in Godzilla, Elysium, Tron Legacy. Also been in the SG-1 episode Prometheus. She's gone home. Yes, why not? That's the reason. She's going to see a girlfriend, isn't she? She ain't done it for any other reason. She ain't come back to report to the IOA, that's for sure. It's okay. No, it isn't. I let him down. The colonel? Hey, listen, he's the last person that you... What? 
She's obsessed trying to get in the Colonel's good books. Awkward. But not really. I recognize you. I know. You'd think that the uh, that Amanda would be uh, would be quite understanding that it would be a jarring effect to be transferred into that body. What are those? They're a kind of fruit we uh, collected from a planet we visited recently. May I try one? This scene, it shows you how everybody mm -hmm. takes things for granted, from the simplest things, you know, fruit, to oh. the use of your legs. You know, to the crew, they're just, yep. you know, bitter fruit, it's got some vitamins they need. Are they gooseberries? Most people spit them right back out. It was said they were gooseberries. I have no idea if that was confirmed. That would be what I thought they were. They look, they look like that. TJ, this is Young. Have you seen Rush? He turned his damn radio off. I think I've gotten you in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. No, that's not him. <laughs> Ooh, close up. <laughs> HD can be very unforgiving. Or very humanizing. I took my vacation time. All of it. Yeah. We have a lot of lost time to make up for. You got rid of the ugly chair. Yeah. <laughs> Rako Ellsworth back on the show. Uh, Sharon? That reminds me of Latesh. This is going to be an awkward few weeks for her. Yeah, not only is she in the chair, she's not even in her own body. You can do better than that. And that's why Camille's taken this risk. Simple human contact. And the human contact from the other side. Five or six percent would do it. That's the thought. The problem is... And to do that without any access to the ship's core system. So you want to adjust the efficiency of the hyperdrive while it's running. Really a good idea. Assure everything you've got. What we need is a big wrench, not Sala carries. The galaxy. Oh! Ooh, uh, <laughs> Ooh TJ. That's not good. Nicholas. Oh, hello. <laughs> Oh dear. That's not good. It's me again. We came out of FTL. Something's happened to the ship. The mist, which you wouldn't normally see in space, but obviously with the debris of the mm. explosion. I promise to get to everyone. Yeah, thank you. Right now I need anyone who has a potential head injury or internal trauma to move to the front of the line. I imagine there's a lot yeah. of injuries because they were thrown about and there are no soft corners on this ship. Um... Anyone who's shaky, don't take any chances. The quiet ones could be in the worst shape. What about you? I'm fine. Go. <laughs> she was throwing about. Oh, I like that. That alarm. That's a uh, different. No, it was a malfunction. He's right. There's no sign of any hostile ships in range. Not that I can tell anyway. What the hell just happened? Then? I think there was an explosion in the FTL drive. <laughs> There's always steam venting from the top there. You know, makes you wonder if it's probably, you know, a central core of the computer system or something, or a secondary unit that needs cooling. But then again, we see fog in the main vents, don't we, in the main corridors as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's rather annoying looking through it as well, like Volker were doing there. I'll use the stones to report this. You'd want to wave your hand. There's loads of it. I think that's going to be a pretty big design flaw. Well, maybe they're using this room for something it was never really intended for. For a second there, I was back on Earth in a strange house back in my own body again the link is temporarily severed when we got it out of ftl i'm sorry but we weren't expecting that to happen yeah well maybe annoying but at the moment she's rather up yeah. in the game isn't she what do you remember i was walking then i was somewhere else and i don't know how i got there then the explosion happened 
So the lapse happened before? Well, sometimes concussions can cause short-term memory loss and confusion. We'll just keep you here tonight, make sure it's nothing. Did you say it happened before the accident? He was on the floor. Oh no, Franklin. Okay, put, put him over here, guys. As if he hadn't gone through enough, he got actually thrown out his bed. <laughs> He's not looking good. Well, he doesn't. Hello. And he's still got a bullet hole in his shoulder of the shirt. That's brilliant, that is. Attention to detail there. For a second, he was there. This is Volker. Are you getting pictures? Yeah, we see it. Ah, it's a big hole. <laughs> yes. So, is there anything I need to worry about? Well, that's a nice shot, isn't it? Mm. That shows a helplessness, you know, not being part of what's going on in the house. You can't really pick up in a few days what is required from professional home help. Nope. No, years of experience. I fully understand why Camille chose to swap with Amanda, but I'm not quite sure she's getting the benefit of it. What the hell? I know, when watched this the other day, and I'm thinking, they don't get to the Destiny right, you know, the Lucian Alliance, they don't get there this quick, do they? They're thinking, they must do. It's frightening how quickly you've forgotten certain members of the crew. Yeah. <laughs> also, that's future episode spoiling. Yeah, as if people are watching this for the first time with us. Still, I would like to know where that little door goes at the other side of the Stargate. I need everybody out of here. That won't be necessary, Sergeant. Lots of guns, not many bullets. Yeah. Oh. Whoa, whoa! Don't shoot! Stand down. Roger. Rather anticlimactic, really. Oh, my brother. <laughs> I didn't expect to see you again either, huh? <laughs> what do you mean you weren't expecting to see us? Didn't you guys figure out a way for us to dial in? Where did they come from? Well, I imagine on that planet we last saw them, trying to dial the destiny. Without a Kino, they couldn't really risk going anywhere else. And the glasses. <laughs> Isn't he? I'm a good puppy. Pet me. Give me a <laughs> He does thrive on acknowledgement. Don't we all? Well, I didn't even realise it was possible on a professional basis for 20 years. I wonder how Mary felt about this. She must be invested in looking after Amanda. This can't be a job you just do for a paycheck. You guys are familiar with crunching our cornflakes. The ones with the honey and roast and various other. Make my use to put sugar on them. Got it. Sugar? Yes. I used to put sugar on Weetabix because they weren't sweet. <laughs> kind of defeated the purpose of eating Weetabix, put... but there you go. I was young at the time. I still put sugar on Weetabix. <laughs> this isn't uh, freaking you out. Is it? You're here. It's all that matters. In an ideal world, yes. But right now, not so sure. Well, we were pretty much resigned to the fact that we were stuck out there. Talk about feeling like a third wheel. And then on the second night, the Keener remote just lit up. I guess I just thought you guys must have figured something out. No, they've actually been saved because the Destiny blew an engine cell. Yeah, that gate must have had good range. Do you people realize you just scared the crap out of us? Sorry, sir. You're forgiven. So, are you gonna live? Looks like it. That planet couldn't have been all that bad. That kept them in range of the... How far was that gate from where they are? They are out of the galaxy at this point. It's been right on the edge. I think they fudged the issue here a bit. Yeah. Yeah, well, as I've said before about P5... That's a long way. As I said before, possibly with Ian present... JMS was asked how fast the white stars flew, and he said, at the speed of plot. <laughs> the best things happen at the speed of plot. But something changed since we got stuck. Doesn't it look different to you? Uh, maybe. It's like he's in there, and he knows exactly what's going on, but his brain and his body just aren't connected anymore. 
we can see James looking after him now, but surely somebody must have been looking after him virtually 24-7 anyway. In fact, why is he in his everyday clothes? That's a good question. Yeah, you're putting him in loose fatigues because you'd want to give him, you know, keep moving him, giving him baths, wipes, keep him clean. I'm stuck in a dark room, but I'm not me, and I can't get out. Are you claustrophobic? Little bit. Maybe it's some weird phantom memory from your switch with Dr. Perry. I like this. <laughs> some of the actors really do mimic the other characters. Got those calculations I was asking about? I know, she's got that so well. Funny, isn't it? This scene, and all week we've had tweets about approaching women wearing earbuds on trains, planes, and all sorts. Uh, I'd like to find the author of that article and hit him over the head repeatedly with a blunt object. For the first day, it was interesting. Then it got incredibly <laughs> annoying. I find it quite rude that he hasn't taken his earphones out, even if he's got it paused. Colleagues back at SGC a couple of years before Icarus he used to like to bounce ideas off of me when he was working on that ancient proof that um, you ended up solving. Congratulations, by the way. But this is interesting that he, well, she takes it wrong. He's so surprised. But it's obviously he's got a major crush on Nicholas. Mr. Brilliant, you mean? After Nick's wife passed away, we used to have these long talks about his work and my work. The agent's ascension. It's like he didn't even see the chair. Tried calling him Mr. Brilliant a few times, but uh, I don't think he ever got the hint. You had a thing? For him? Indeed she did. What's wrong with that? Good question. I just find it kind of surprising. Why? Because a disabled person can't have feelings for someone? I meant because you were, you were talking about him? But this is interesting that he, well, she takes it wrong. He's so surprised. But it's obviously he's got a major crush on Nicholas. Mr. Brilliant, you mean? Rush? Do we, do we identify the book at any point? I bet you could freeze frame it there and find out. Was it mentioned in the commentary? No. Might have been if Eli was on the commentary. Well, Dr. Perry has concluded that the explosion may be to our advantage. There was an overload. One that probably shouldn't have happened because the system is unbelievably robust with more safeguards than I can count. But it happened. And as with most overloads, it happened in the weakest link. The FTL drive is made up of 16 separate modules. The one that blew up was the weakest link because it was the least efficient. So the ship can fly on the other drives. Even better than that. They were probably very fortunate that she entered normal space relatively cleanly as well. And of course, it's impossible to tell if she's moving. Yeah. Without being ripped around as well. Again, you, you thought they'd have spares. They really do need to explore the ship a bit more. Yeah. Although it's fortunate they found what they found the other week. Robot we found. We think it might be able to do some or maybe all of the repairs. I've already programmed rudimentary instructions to begin the repairs. Lord help us if McKay ever got his hand on a robot like this. Eli and Dr. Perry have a shuttle mission to brief you on. Copy that, sir. On my way. Get a big smile on his face. Can I be in charge of the space robot? Please. <laughs> he was kind of going, what, 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 me? <laughs> Time's an issue. How much is that steam interfering with the air processing? With the what? The air processing. Oh, yeah, well, that was my thinking. Well, they must be designed to work in tandem. It can't be a flaw in the design. It must be there for a reason. Rush is torn now between wanting to get rid of Young and wanting access to the chair. What must be going through Rush's mind? The idea that Young could actually sit in the chair, make it work, and do an Eli on him. So the camera's behind the drive section. 
looking out. And the ship is heavily mirrored? Yeah, I couldn't work out if that was supposed to be a mirror or if it was supposed to be behind a frame. Getting into position now. That is very nicely filmed. A nice shot of the galaxy through the window there. A bit weird, but we'll go with it. Beep, 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 beep. Opening rear hatch. Okay, we're good. Here we go. That's a frame. Yeah. Yeah. A very utilitarian looking robot. No real design flair. This is designed to do a job. We are not going to put fancy fins on it or anything. Uh, I'd like permission to join the team going through the Stargate to the planet. Right. You are going to get manipulated, young. Live with it. He's already on his way back. Oh. Subtle guilt trip. So is this how it's going to be? Maybe I'd like to see the planet where I might have to raise our child. I mean, if the ship isn't fixed by then. Yeah, maternal instincts, I guess. Come on, young. There's only one decision you can make, and you know it. Mm. Permission granted. That's it. Well done. Thanks. Your life will be so less complicated. I'll be careful. That's a win. Lieutenant Scott found fresh water due east of the Stargate. That'll be your first stop. We should check out as much land as possible, in case we end up having to live there. Obviously, it was written as such, but Eli's whole little tirade, it's almost as if they wanted to make a point why they do this all the time. You know, we just came from there. This is a waste of time. A standard procedure, Eli. If you ask me, sometimes you military people are a little too... Oh, crap! No! Did you see that? I saw. Aren't they? Now, how more sensible would it have been for the aliens to hide behind the Stargate than nab anybody that came through? They're going to look intimidating. Can they get through the Stargate? Not without a remote. Look, you weren't still there, or else they'd have one. Either way, we're cut off. We have to fix the ship. Three weeks later? <laughs> Good God. Yeah, he has shaved. Miserable. Uh, oh, rations. I'm assuming that's custard. It's got the consistency. Them pay look happy, though. That's good. I've got to say, Camille's probably a stronger woman than anybody ever imagined. Ah... Oh. That's Michelle from 24. Been trying to work out where I know her face from other than this. Well, at least there's plenty of ship to jog around. Yep, this is a song by Julian Plenty, aka Paul Banks. Now, is he making a. That looks like rice. This is a beautiful little montage, him making that. Yeah, you, yeah. first thinking, what, yeah. what's he making here? Is he repairing the engine? <laughs> no, I understand. That looks like a coil, so I'm assuming it's either a distillation device or something electrical. It does make life easier. <laughs> it really does. Ah, uh, it's a distillation device. There we go. Where did they get all that glassware from? I assume they brought them with them. Was that a shot of Chloe's bra? Mm, I want some of those. They make good drinking cups. Miraculously didn't break. This must be a really boring three weeks. <laughs> Thankfully they've got alcohol. And down they go, ladies. Mm. There are many a man on Destiny that's going to be outclassed by them. <laughs> well, I mean, Chloe's meant to be, what, 22, 23? Yeah, something like that. 
Is Mary still there? Oh, she is. Okay, because I'm thinking, how did he go and leave her alone? No, that would be rather reckless. <laughs> We're almost out of everything. Okay, I shouldn't be long. I'll be right back. I could have gone. I wanted to get out of the house. Even if it's just for an hour. Camille, still thinking of Sharon. Great relationship they have. It's finished. Close up of the robot, pushing the dry. Away. It just gives it a shove. Well, that's it. You've done it. Uh, it only weighs about 20 tons. <laughs> Nothing. So that's taken three weeks just to disengage everything so you can cleanly disengage. Well, there is Mr. Brody still. You have it still. Is the only just finding out about this after three weeks? Got a feeling that conversation should have taken taken part a fortnight earlier, and they put it there just to make the scene work. Can't help but feel Mr. Brody would be a fan of Hawkeye. Yeah, yes. Question is, is he charging for it? <laughs> I would be. Contribute your rations towards the still if you want to drink. This stuff is only one redeeming quality. Don't taste it. Down in one gulp. It's the only way to drink this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Now, to be fair, that is probably the first alcohol she's ever drank anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. We make do with what we have, right? Yeah. Oh. He's probably thinking, this is rather smooth compared to some of the stuff I've drank. How are you managing without your coffee? <laughs> well, I must admit, that's been one of the most difficult things I've been stuck up here. Oh, well. She's been confined to that wheelchair since she was nine, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean she didn't get drunk. I've even had dreams about this stuff. Wow, for years after my accident, I had dreams that I could walk. Yeah, uh, I remember you telling me that. And then I get to do this. And it's... It's all happening. It's like a dream come true. Yeah. But we have to fix your ship. We do. And then I'll have to wake up. That's an interesting way to put it, isn't it? This is the dream for her. When she wakes up, she's back in reality. It's got to be heartbreaking. Amazing, but heartbreaking, being able to walk around and everything. Yeah. I think... Now, what do you think really went through Jung's mind when he opened the door and those two were standing there, <laughs> smelling of alcohol? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Last time this happened, I got in trouble. Have to ask yourself if it's worth it in the morning. I'm walking her back to the cabin. A romantic stroll in artificial sunlight. Through steam. <laughs> It's like in a New York City street. <laughs> and I like this, you know, totally oblivious to the fact that she liked him. There's a really natural chemistry between them two. I thought you felt sorry for me. I guess I thought the same about you at first. I thought you were absolutely brilliant. I remember I used to call you, <laughs> yeah. Little Miss Brilliant. Just forget about that. I could never be sorry about that. Before... Rush lost his wife. He was like this. He did live life with the smile on his face. Nick? Yeah? Would you like to come in? Have you read A&M Bank? Which one? The one I'm thinking of is the one where the guy gets decapitated yeah. and rescued while they're growing him a new body. And he requests occasional inebriation while he's just ahead. No, I don't remember that. In our original recording, I made some comments at this point about the controversy surrounding using uh, Camille, a lesbian, in a sexual context with another man. I have since read some of the posts from way back when and decided that what we originally mentioned isn't really relevant, but I needed to build the time up. So this is the explanation why there would have been a big gap. 
It's almost impossible to imagine what is going through Amanda's mind at this point. And Rush, of course. Not exactly what he expected to occur. You step back. Much like Rush just did. Nick, it's me. I think we both know it's a bit more complicated than that. The word is insane. But this is also a once-in-a-lifetime chance for me. To be honest, I can't see Camille objecting to Amanda experiencing sex in her body. And it wouldn't exactly stain the soul of a man who actually was willing to spend the time with her. How I was when Gloria passed away. I recently experienced something that made me go through it all again. And this is a good point, of course. He relived the death of his wife, even though he was he was trying to ignore it in human. So to him, his wife died a week ago, two weeks ago. Multiple times as well, because he says in the episode, this keeps happening. Incredibly bad timing, really. I, I don't think there's anything... He would love to be able to give her a wish at this moment. I've had pretty much this discussion with someone. While they were in someone else's body? Not while they were someone else's <laughs> body, but... After we'd been out, we'd had a few drinks, we went back to her place, and she's like, oh, you can stay in my bed. It's interesting, because one would wonder what kind of interface they're about to have. Well, at least this time, I can do this. I will interject here and say that Alan's anecdote ended right there. I'm sure there was more to it, but we never actually got there. Listen to it. Hello. <laughs> oh, sorry. I... What is it? Uh, the colonel needs to see you in the interface room right away. Both of you. Is everything all right? No, it's about to hit the fan again. Come on, TJ. There's obviously nothing going on because they've both all got the clothes on. I can't believe she didn't knock. There doesn't seem to be a huge amount of privacy on Destiny unless you can physically lock your, lock your door. You wouldn't imagine someone would walk straight into someone else's quarters, though. You were gone for hours. I know, I'm sorry. Don't get upset. I locked my keys in the car. I thought you had gotten into an accident. I imagined you being taken away by an ambulance. No, 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 no. Very good acting. I'm sorry. My imagination just went... Hey, hey, hey. I know what it's like to wait for someone you love to come. The two circumstances are rather different, Sharon, if you're being honest. Yeah, not months. I know. I know. This is... oh dear. Mary, 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 Mary! I don't know what's happening. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm just gonna elevate her legs, of her heart, to stabilize. Uh -huh. You're doing fine, just try and stay calm. We were just talking and then she... I, I don't know. Probably a lot of things that Sharon should have been taught. This should not have come as a surprise, should have been warned about this. It shows how desperate Camille was to spend time with Sharon though. This is Emmy material. Fact that in this day and age, you'd probably be accused. Why didn't you actually hire a disabled person? Yeah. She used the stones and sabotaged our FTL drive. She told me she blacked out around the time of the explosion. I, I thought it was post concussion syndrome. About the time. Did you say before? Mystery solved. I don't see how it changes anything. What part don't you get? Now, now, Eli. <laughs> <laughs> Without a tracking device, there's no way of them knowing where we've dropped out of FTL. Yes, and I haven't got another one surgically mm -hmm. implanted in me, so you're not putting me up anymore. Yeah, let's face it, the aliens managed to sabotage the ship without being detected. So pressing a button that transmits a radio signal. Pretty sure that would be their first port of call. 
Or the alien figured out our position before the explosion and took it back with them. How would it know how? They sabotaged the ship. How did they know how to do that? Yeah, mm -hmm. especially when they realized they weren't going anywhere. But the idea that when James jumped into the alien, they were in a, a sealed room. You know, the aliens were not taking any chances. And somebody volunteered to be locked into a room, nowhere to go. I don't realize in the chair how tiny she actually is. Or how big the chair is. Or both. Well, you see her on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, you think, how can she do all that stuff? Currently, I'll just use the stones to report. There's a strong possibility that Dr. Perry may have to return to her body in the next several hours. We think it's best if she returns to an Air Force facility. We'll say our goodbyes. I'll wait outside. Oh, this got a little bit of warning. Mm -hmm. Not a great deal. Sharon's left once again with a worried and concerned look on her face. Now, coming in with Never Sega, but what the hell? Because that looks like it's on the planet, above an ocean. <laughs> How often, though, when you see a space scene, you expect to see mm. blackness? It's a nice difference, isn't it? Yeah. Let's go. This is young. While repairs to the ship are still days from being complete, despite our best efforts, we believe an attack will happen at any moment. Shields will not withstand a sustained bombardment. And this time, we will not be able to jump to FTL. Well, it, it could happen in a day, a week. There's no guarantee it's going to happen in the next 10 minutes. Do you know what's really funny? That's exactly what Laura said when I was watching this episode before. She said, this is jump three weeks ahead. I don't understand why they're suddenly panicking now. Yeah. No, true, but, but they haven't attacked within three weeks. You can prepare. They're pretty much going on battle alert, and you can only stick that level of alertedness, alertedness. alertedness for so long. Yeah. You remember that bloke in Die Hard when you were aiming at the uh, SWAT guys breaking in? Even he had to glance around and grab a chocolate bar. When the time comes, don't wait too long. Yeah, jump back. You don't want to be here when the aliens actually invade. You have actually got a free pass to get out of here. Unlike Telford. <laughs> Make use of it. Yeah, good old Telford. He just carpered. Weasel. I want you there to talk me through it. Wow. This is a Hail Mary, isn't it? Do or Die by Young. This is all my fault. I panicked. Relax, James. Not everything is your fault. Oh. Oh, she's a good woman. Blimey. Coin the phrase. It's alive. Here they are. They're here, sir. Tell me what to do. We've managed to isolate the damage module from the rest. You have to command the ship to enter FTL on the remaining drives. How the hell do I do that? They're here. This is a Peter DeLuise episode, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I can just imagine him telling the CG guys for that galaxy, make it bigger, bigger. <laughs> and Franklin's conveying important information. Oh, that's it, that's all he said. But I think he knows what's going on, and I think he was trying to say that it should be him. You can't possibly know that. Well, no, sir, but I really think that... He's quite right, but let's go with it. What have we got to lose? Ask a man to sacrifice his life, right? Franklin's already been through the process. His brain will have the time to heal. We don't have time Which for is this. exactly why it should be him and not you. At least give him the choice. Listen to Rush. He's actually saying, don't do this. He's saying, I want to keep my rival alive because this scent makes better scientific sense. Rush, as I said, is the ultimate pragmatist. He doesn't look quite with it. Dr. Franklin. This ship is under attack. If someone doesn't go back, 
and sit in the chair and help with repairs, then the ship's going to be taken. The frightening thing is that if somebody called in Jeremy, his given name, then he probably wouldn't respond because he's probably been called Dr. Franklin since he left college. <laughs> Frankie, Franklin, Frankenstein. Frankenstein. You're putting me on. No, it's pronounced Frankenstein. Do you also say Froderick? No, Frederick. Well, why isn't it Froderick Frankenstein? It isn't, it's Frederick Frankenstein. I see. You must be Igor. No, it's pronounced Igor. Belated condolences to the friends and family of Gene Wilder who passed recently. It looks like the actual energy rolled across the shield. Shoot everything. Shoot all the things. Give them hell. Yes, Use up all the energy we haven't got a lot of. Where is there another Dr. Franklin within science fiction? Franklin? B5, yeah, wasn't it? I was reluctant to say B5 because I'm thinking, well, Alan didn't know that. I like the little skin tightening as it touches as well. Okay, under the spotlight. No pressure. No, this isn't an interrogation. And comes more fuck. Any idea why? I don't know, this is something new. That's made me wonder if in the Apple Corps, part of a cooling system. I wonder if the whole ship could go cryogenic if it needed. Go. Cool itself when it's passing for a start. Maybe something like that, yeah. And now, of course, waiting for a star to fall is running through my head. And now it's running through my <laughs> head. Thank you, Alan. My earworm is your earworm, mean. <laughs> Okay, why did she move him and make him go stand somewhere else? Why didn't she just stand somewhere else? Because it made dramatic sense. And because she probably ranks him. <laughs> it's not as if you know exactly where they're going to put through. There's certainly something strange going on in that room. Ooh, frosty. Okay, it's probably why we were told not to stay in there. Just don't lean against it. Sergeant. Can I on that door? Yes, sir. You know what? I think Haig has got something better to be doing with his time, as the ship is going to be invaded. Greer? We're about to be boarded right on top of your position. Copy that. Greer's like, this is what I was made to do. Colonel, how are you working? The FDL drive is powering up. It's not that I don't want to appear ungrateful, but could you do it a little bit faster, please? Just a couple extra seconds. Go on. Nice. I was going to say, uh, why didn't they launch the shuttle? But if they did, they may not have time to actually get back on board. Bye-bye. Yeah, they're going to get thrown about a bit. They got vaporised. By an unstable one, huh? Well, remember when the shuttle wasn't docked correctly in Divided? If they weren't within the shield, the turbulence would just rip them apart. No, it's me again. Don't you hate that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Damaged section of the ship has been bypassed. FTL drive has increased efficiency. It's a bit early to say, but it looks like we're going to make it across. I would have thought it was a bit early to say that. Granted, Destiny's probably given them status reports, but there's a lot to look into before you uh, start celebrating. We did it. Yes, we did. And now it's time to go. Now, this is going to be rather an awkward goodbye. I'm now, uh, which has popped up in my head already. I forget who sings it, but never say goodbye. Yeah, it's rather prophetic, really. Yeah, the awkward walk in silence till they say goodbye. Time to be honest with each other. It's not a very nice thing to say, but I do hope you need my help again. 
Well, I'm not above arranging that, you know. Oh, you better believe that. He probably would. And then she thinks, oh, was that it? <laughs> I've read all them Mules and Boone romances. I expect more. Can move her arms? Even if she didn't get to have sex, are you seriously telling me she didn't help herself along with it? She's paraplegic, isn't she? Exactly. So while she's in this body, are you telling me she didn't... Oh. <laughs> oh, I'll get you. I'm trying uh, to be subtle. Oh, maybe. You never know what might have happened when Rush left her earlier on. Oh, this is so sad. <laughs> Nicholas. Welcome back, Camille. And Camille calls him Nicholas. Interesting. And he's back to his human scribbling in his notebook. They are both in very bad places at the moment. Anything happen? You'd know better than I would, sir. I was watching a closed door. Did stay closed? Yes, sir. So, rather an uneventful few minutes for Haig. Unless, of course, Franklin sneaked around him. Who knows? Let's find out. Oh my god, they've killed Franklin. They're bastards. Hey, where'd he go? A mystery. Either that or there's another door to the room that they don't know about. He's the steam. They're inhaling him. So, is that the, what the hell you're on about? Or is that the next episode of watching? Can you fill in the point at which, let's say, what else the writer of the episode did? Because I don't recall you saying that. No, because I do that at the end, don't I? I can't remember if we ever find out what happens to Franklin. It's another one of those mysteries that's, that will remain. In the second season, they hint a lot at what the Destiny is capable of in regards to artificial intelligence. The idea at the time was that the ship absorbed... Franklin's intellect then disposed of the body and that may have been what the chair was there for all along a pilot to fully interface with the AI of the ship itself and become a rummy could be yeah, yeah. something like that yeah Brett Franklin more likely to become a Holly <laughs> oh that's not fair to Holly come on he always tried he did exactly he had his junior encyclopedia of space okay then Peter Deloise the director of this episode 56 episodes of SG-1, 6 of Atlantis and 7 of Universe. He directed 4 episodes of Sanctuary, 13 of R.L. Stein's The Haunting Hour, a single episode of Dark Matter, 15 episodes of Parked, and a couple of episodes of the recent Chesapeake Shores. Barbara Marshall, the only episode of Stargate Universe she wrote. She wrote Triple Dog, Virile Screenplay, Wish Upon, and 3 episodes of Terra Nova, as well as being on production staff of Terra Nova, and in the story department of The Listener. Right then, that was Sabotage. Good episode. They're all really good. I'm just, I'm really enjoying re-watching Universe. I think I said that on the last podcast too. Yeah, you want to get all the Stargate fans that turn their back on Universe, you, you want to grab them and just hit them over the head with this and say, <laughs> watch it. I... <laughs> it just gets progressively better and better. I really hope it's picked up by another network like Netflix or Amazon Video, but I think it's probably too late now. I don't know if they would. But then they rebooted Arrested Development, so... Yeah, but that wasn't going to be a major motion picture by a different production yeah, that's arm. True. The TV series is dead until whatever they're going to do with the movies happens. Then we'll get a brand new TV series with a different cast and a new universe, probably. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. We got some audio feedback from Brad and a post over on Google Plus from Mac. And we'll begin with Mac. 
Overall, five gates out of ten for sabotage. It's not a great episode by any measure, but the monster, aka dinosaur, made up for it. Also, the stunning planet scenes were epic, and I know that next week's is a lot better regardless. Thanks again. Cheers, Mac. And now for Brad's email. Hello, Alan and Mike and the Gatecast listeners. This is Brad from Australia once again with some feedback for last week's episode, Lost, and this week's episode, Sabotage. First up with Lost, I thought it was a, a good idea. Not a good idea. Uh, I think it was well played that uh, Eli and his team went off in their one direction and left Greer behind. It sort of might have teleplayed. I can't remember what I felt at the time, but it was sort of Greer was patient and waited there, and he was obviously going to get rescued first. I have to question the range of the Stargates. I thought they were only an in-system gate where they've gone from one side of the galaxy to another. Um, I don't think the gates have enough power range to do what they're doing in this episode, but okay, it's canon now, so let's do that. If you're going to have a dinosaur in your show have it at least look like a dinosaur especially if you're going to call it one please (laughs) I beg of you (laughs) and it's sort of interesting at the closing of the episode um, Eli, Chloe and Scott couldn't gate to Destiny because Rush was coming in Um, if they hadn't sent out the search party if they hadn't gone the way they went or if uh, if Russia got back early, then they would have made it back. But um, Destiny sails off into the next star system, or into the void. So it was, it was a bit of a cliffhanger. Um, we obviously know the Stargates aren't going to span that distance, but um, they got over that pretty quickly. And now we go into Sabotage. Like this episode a lot more than the last. Uh, I don't think it's ever really explained how the engines were sabotaged. I think James was um, mentioning that she's blacking out and uh, maybe under some sort of control, but I don't think this is eight blowing up the water supply on the Galactica. This is something different, so I don't think the sabotage was really explained as good as it could have been. The whole thing with Amanda Perry bringing her on board, well, this is what we should have been doing from the start. Uh, Her unique situation, I suppose, would offer challenges, um, as we see with uh, James and Ray going back into her body. I suppose it gives the actors something different to do in their acting ability, but I didn't really really fancy it one bit. And I'm sure someone's going to correct me, but does the uh, Destiny have the same drive cells as the Millennium Falcon? It just seems to be those sectional panels that create thrust through magic and math. And finally, we uh, we blast off into this deep void between galaxies. That's going to be the last of our issues, right? Until we get to the next galaxy right right 
say there have been your thoughts on Lost and Sabotage. Uh, hope to get back on soon to talk more about Stargate. Until then, I've been Brad from Australia. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thank you very much, Brad, for the feedback for the two episodes. Much appreciated. And Mac, thank you for posting on Google+. Plus, Even though it was uh, the second time around, as you said. Didn't want to be so negative about the episode. Right, if anybody else wants to get in touch with us, here are the contact details. If you do fancy getting in touch with us, then you can do so via the contact form, which is on our website, which is at gatecast.co.uk. Or you can send us an email using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Google+, and are carried on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio. You'll find all the links on our website. If you have a minute, then a rating or review on either of those services would be most welcome. The standalone RSS feed, which lists every episode we've released, can also be found on our website, under Mission Reports. That link can be copied and manually added to a podcatcher, and will give you direct access on that device to all the shows, unlike iTunes, which only lists the previous 25. Right then, folks, like I say, we're going to wrap this up pretty quick. That was Sabotage. Next week, we are going to be watching Ain. Hello, sweetheart. Friday on an all-new Stargate Universe. Something weird is going on. You can't be real. No! What are you doing? Get out of my way. What the hell is going on? Stargate Universe, an original series. All new this Friday at 9, only on Sci-Fi. Imagine greater. Right then, Ian, thank you very much for joining us. Not a problem. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here as always. Um, If we're uh, recording two episodes tonight, do I get upgraded to regular guest? Well, if Alan wants to give that as your introduction for the next episode, that's totally up to him. You're going from occasional to semi. Semi? Oh, nice. (laughs) It's like going from sergeant to uh, lieutenant colonel. Sergeant to lieutenant colonel. That's one hell of a jump. That's non-commissioned, isn't it? Okay. Captain to lieutenant colonel. I like to think, Alan, when you were trying to think of the rank there, you were just trying to remember how many ranks Sam had gone through in SG-1. <laughs> okay then, folks. Thank you very much for joining us for Sabotage. As I said, next week is going to be pain. I hope you join us for that. But till then, I've been Mike. I've been Alan. And I've been Ian. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.